Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another interview with the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. On this show, we have Andy and Rab from Skinny Knowledge. How are you hello, guys? Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good. All good here. <clears throat> and you have a very interesting and busy end of 2023. You have your new album coming out. Yeah. Uh, so the new album is out end of October. October 27th. The album is called 22. And we are stoked for everyone to hear it. So, so I have a question to ask. For an yeah. album that you're releasing in 2023... Why have you called it 2022? Uh, so the the general theme of the album is kind of like a journal of everything that happened in my life in 2022. Um, so that's why it is uh, titled 22 rather than 23, although it is coming out in 23. I can understand the confusion, but that is the reasoning behind it. There, There is a logical reason we're not just playing with people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> And it's your second album. Um, how how different was the putting together this album um, from the debut album that you put out on 2021? Uh, well, for a start, it was the rest of us as well. <clears throat> um, so Andy recorded the, the first album as like a lockdown project, sort of Dave Grohl style, playing everything um, during during the lockdown. Um so obviously this this album has been more of a collaboration and stuff sort of stuff so although andy's still written the majority of the tracks we've all sort of had a, a lot more input on it and uh and obviously we're, we're playing on it as well yeah so yeah yeah and did you do it traditional in terms of um as you say andy you recorded the debut album um um probably all i like the first foos uh like the foos album but did uh, yeah, yeah. did you go on to, did you go into a studio and record your second album or or was it did you you know as everybody seems to do these days diy an album from home it kind of yeah it was a, a bit of a mixture of both um it was similar in the the first album as well um so both processes have been um kind of make the demos at home and then when it comes to actually tracking the albums um I record it at home, um, or well, for this one, we, um, but recorded it at my place. So we record all the guitars, we record the bass, the vocals, and stuff like that. And then we go into the studio and record the drums there, um, and we reamp all the guitars. Um, so we basically get, get all the guitar takes at home, and then we go into the studio, set all the amps up, and then basically put those guitar tracks through the amp, record the amp. So it's it's a bit of a time saver. It does save a bit of money just because it means that you'd have to rely on like you're being in the studio, going getting... the studio and recording everything in one take. Yeah. So you're not having to get all the right takes and stuff and spend time and messing up and whatever. You can do all that at home where it isn't costing you money to, to mess up. So <laughs> it's that, it's that uh, element of if you can comp things at home and put things together, but exactly. I, can, I can imagine, um, you know any recording and any commercial studios that you go to these days it's gonna it's gonna be quite expensive to so if you can do all of your pre-production and do a lot of work at home then it allows it but i have to say for and and thanks for letting me have a, a listen to the album it it sounds really really live it sounds like you're all in the room so it's it's excellent excellent production and well mixed as well too love it yeah i think you know even though it's all 
you know, we're not playing live in a room, you can still kind of emulate that and you can kind of get that energy. And I think we don't, it's not overproduced. It's not overmixed. It's not, it's not even super comp together. Like, you know, there are little bits here and there where it's not like bang on in time because I kind of like that, that natural, like you want it to sound like we're just in a room playing it together rather than like having it super polished which a lot of bands do nowadays. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it has kind of got that raw aspect to it, um, which I think helps give that impression that it is more of like a, a live thing. Um, and just, you know, it's kind of that, that, that garage rock thing, is it? It's, you know, it is that kind of DIY, not too, not too perfect kind of um, aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. And your videos as well too. Um, uh, oh, you're, you're, uh, I can't, sorry. Um, when, when I, when I was watching Disobey and, and, and I watched some of the other videos, um, um, very tongue in cheek and not taking yourself too seriously on your videos. So well, well done for that. Dis, Diso, Disobey was excellent. Um, I have to say it reminded a bit more stupid as we go along, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we expect um between now and the album release and then so what are you, what are you guys' plans once the album album comes out once the album's out we've got the album launch show and then look into the new year just gig 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 as much as possible i think um try and get on some support slots do a bit of a tour get on some festivals so yeah that's the plan and who would you if you had a if you had a choice now or of picking uh bands that you would like to support going into 2024 who would who would you like to hook up with how how realistic are we talking <laughs> i when, when we spoke when we spoke to the karma effect on the on the last episode they they they, they aimed high and went with aerosmith and then we okay. got, then we started talking about scarlet rebel but I, I i i leave it to you in terms of who you'd really like to play with but then who realistically in the uk scene nirvana <laughs> yeah, I mean Nirvana or Foos, just Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah. I just want to just be near Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, there's a band that I like, uh, which some of the tracks um, on the album I wrote with the singer of called Dinosaur Pileup. Yes. I think that's maybe a realistic target because obviously I've got a, quite a, a good friendship with them now. So, and I know that they're going to be looking to tour next year because they're going to be bringing out a new album. So, yeah, it'd be pretty ace to potentially hook up on some shows with them but you played yeah. at the inaugural um made of stone festival at moat park um yeah. on the emergence stage i have to say um hats off to you for getting up and playing at that time of the morning so how, how was your how was your experience at uh of made of stone uh 5 a.m alarm was fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drive to kent from bournemouth 
yeah to, to get there in time but no it was it was great i mean but a great crowd uh, yeah the crowd, crowd were amazing for 11 11 30 in the morning you know they were they were awake and ready to go um well we yeah. woke them up anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. they, they might not have been awake when we started but yeah, they were yeah. when we finished so um and yeah it was a great great day we didn't um obviously andy as he mentioned that to, to shoot off and go be billy joe armstrong um with max so you you pretty much shot straight off but me and mike for a green day off. tribute by the way just I yeah. mean, just, randomly, <laughs> just randomly leave and turn into billy joe <laughs> um but yeah so me, me and mike our drummer we stuck around for a bit um yeah it was a really good day chris barris band was awesome yeah uh, really really good um that was probably my my highlight of the day apart from playing obviously yeah so uh, it's it was interesting matt uh uh, Matt's not well. He sends his apologies for for not being here. He actually um, he went to see you. He was at Made of Stone. He 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 lives in he lives uh, quite near quite nearby. So um, he saw your set um, and thought thought you were excellent. Um, but at that time in the morning when you when you get in, do you get any chance of um, sound check or? Um, we had quite we were quite lucky we had quite an extensive sound check because yeah. we were the first one and we got so we kind of we got there well. quite early so we were kind of the the crash test dummies as it were <laughs> in terms of you know so they could get all their monitoring right and get everything set up properly so we actually got quite a decent sound check so they could get all the pa and and everything sounding sweet so um yeah it was it was actually pretty decent yeah, yeah. We, we probably got a better soundtrack than most bands I imagine <laughs> so, so. Uh, a lesson learned there if you're if you're going to play a festival get on early get on early yeah 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 either be the opening act and then you can enjoy the rest yeah. of your day or be the headliner it's interesting when matt and i were talking about um uh, emerging bands that we've we were lucky enough to see at the at the rambling man i can remember i'm going to go back to maybe tw- probably 20 it's either 2016 or 2017, Matt, correct? We actually saw those damn crows and they opened up on the the equivalent emerging stage. And and it and it was really it's it's nice when you can come in and see a band and and create the kind of energy that that they did and that you did, and hopefully in a couple of years' time, you know, that I I've seen those damn crows um you know it, it's 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 steel house obviously welsh band got but they've played at stone dead as well too so uh you know hopefully for you guys it's a, a nice stepping stone to be able to to get on other festivals next year and and push the yeah, album. i think it was it was an important one for us to do it was the first kind of proper decent festival that we've done yeah um we haven't gigged that extensively yet because obviously it was all kind of formed in lockdown and trying to gig after lockdown was difficult because it was just gigs that have been postponed and lineups already sorted and stuff like that. Yeah. So we haven't we haven't done a lot of it yet. Um, so that was a really good one for us to get into. Um, and I think we we ticked all the right boxes for them. I know that I, you know they said that they were really happy with our set, which is nice to hear. Yeah. Um, and yeah it's kind of set us up nicely for you know we've already got some festivals now booked in for next year which is really cool are um, you able to say what at this stage or can't, we can't <laughs> yet um, just because they haven't been announced um a few have been booked in and there's going to be more coming in now which is cool so i think it it's definitely helped and it's kind of been, been a bit of a stepping stone for us because you kind of got that you know a lot of people that go there you've kind of got you know the emerging rock guys yeah you know the new wave of classic rock you know that that circle yeah. of people 
that all kind of go to these these festivals is is like a community thing almost isn't it really yeah um and it's the first time that we've kind of like delved into that and been a part of it which is which is nice so hopefully we'll be included a little bit more now which is cool Good. And, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying, but having listened to your first album and now the new album, the um, there is a mainstream, can I use classic rock feel to it? Certainly with the opening track, you know, yeah. for, you know, I'm probably about 30 years older than you. Um, but I, there's there's kind of a power pop. It, it, the melodies are, you know, the melodies are there. You know, it's it's a good crunching uh, riffs. You know, it's got that nice Green Day, Foo, early Foo Fighters. You know, it's that alternative rock, yeah. punk, uh, 90s feel to it. But the melodies and the vocals as well, too, were, are, are really, really nice. You can he- you can be heavy, too. And I, I'm hearing, I, you know, I was listening to it and I'm hearing your last track, the heavy metal. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm hearing, anth- I'm, I'm he- I was hearing anthrax and extreme yeah. in, the, in the groove. And yeah, yeah. And I'm like going, really? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we like we like to throw a curveball. <laughs> yeah, especially with those little heavy metal interludes. So the first album, uh, I came up with this like minute and a half just heavy metal instrumental. Yeah. And then for the second album, we're like, screw it, we'll just do it again. We'll just do another one. Um, uh, it was quite funny actually. So that I don't know if you remember this. We we had a booked a few like sort of evenings to do some writing and it got to about midnight and I'd left to come back home and Andy and Max were still at Andy's. I came back again at nine the next morning and they'd been up all night and that was what they had written. <laughs> After a few beers, my own life. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they came up with. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there's just like, there's just no limits really. Um, you know, I love some 41 and I like, their kind of blend of pop punk you've got real melodic stuff going on the pop aspects of it yes but then some of their stuff is like super heavy like metallica thrash like parts to their songs which i really like and i like i think it works really well and not a lot of bands kind of do that they they either do the metal thing or they do the pop punk thing and it's i think it's nice to kind of combine that together which is I think we've definitely done a bit more on this album. This album is a bit heavier than the first one, but also, like you said, the the melodies is very important to me. I like I like catchy melodies. I like the poppier sounding melodies. You know, if you put that on top of a heavy sounding song, it's kind of got this weird but nice contrast to it. Um, if you ever, I don't know if you've ever. So the song "Brain Stew" by Green Day. If you take away, because you got quite a like the da 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 yeah da like it's quite a heavy meaty riff like um and then but if you take that away the melody is like it's almost like a nursery rhyme because it goes it's like it's really sweet but over this really jingle yeah (laughs) over this quite dark riff and you kind of don't really know like think about it but when you actually deconstruct it and I, i like that so you know i like having the those hooks, the catchy melodies, the big, big sing-along choruses, like all of that is super important to me. Cause I often, when I'm writing a song, I'll, I'll put myself in the audience perspective and I will think, would I s- watch this band and they start playing the song? Would I want to sing along to this chorus? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then I write something different. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, what do I want to do to this song? Oh, this song makes me want to mosh about and punch someone in the face. So let's go with that. Like, Whereas this one makes me want to put my hands up and, and sing along kind of thing. So 
when you bring a song to the band, you know, is it, do you have, do you have it in your mind? This is how I think it'll envisage recording or it'll, you can come in with something acoustically, you know, strum a few chords that you've got the lyrics and whatever. And then you're willing to just let it go and allow the band to kind of work something up. I just, how, how does it work as a, as a, as a songwriter and then working up your arrangements? Nine times out of 10, I'll probably record most of the song yeah. um, at home. I'll kind of get a demo for it. And then, because I can be a bit of a control freak and the guys know that, um, it doesn't help that I do play everything. I think that doesn't, it's not necessarily fair because when I, so as soon as I start thinking of an idea for a song or a riff or something, I already kind of, like you said, envisage where I want the track to go. Because yeah. I kind of hear it kind of coming coming together. Um, so, you know, I'll kind of get most of the ideas down, but then, you know, obviously send it to the guys and we, we bring it together and we, we will jam it out or, you know, they'll come over and, you know, Rab might say, oh, well, I think we should do this in this part and whatever. And my brain's going like, but no, this is my idea. Go away. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was such, to be fair, it was, it was a conversation we've had. Like I, yeah. I did struggle a little bit kind of letting that control go. Um, cause I obviously knew it wasn't fair for me to be like, it's my thing and just let me do it. Cause when you've got other people in the band, obviously everyone wants to be involved, which is only fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this album's definitely been a bit more of that, you know, obviously still predominantly I've done a lot of the writing, but the guys have obviously been involved. And when it's come around to recording parts, you know, you'll obviously learn whatever demo or, or figure out stuff. And then you've come in and been like, oh, well, whilst I was learning it, I also tracked in this part and I'll be like, oh, that was sweet. Like I wouldn't have even thought of that. So it's, yeah. It's been nice to have actually had, you know, three minds on it rather than than just mine or four, if you could include Matt as well, I guess. But, yeah. um, uh, but yeah. So I mean, we we have written a couple of songs where it's been just take a, a song into a room and we've jammed it out. We yeah, did that we, with Class I Wonder and well. Cla uh, Class A and yeah. So I wonder did we do it that way? No, well? I wonder you had stereo. I did it. Stereo. We kind of worked on the lyrics together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, then too scared from the new album was one that. That you, yeah, yeah. So I wrote and then sent to Andy and he went, oh yeah, I like that. Just change this maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think most of the time you, you do sort of come with a, a finished song and then the others will sort of go, oh yeah, I like that bit or try this bit on this, like add a harmony here kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like the finishing touches, I guess, and just yeah. little, little bits here and there and stuff, um, which has been nice. And I think, it definitely shows a little bit more on this album because I think it sounds a bit more like a band yeah. rather than I think all the songs kind of have a bit more of like a, it's kind of come together a little bit more. The songs kind of sit a bit better together than the first album. Cause I think the first one, cause it was just me, it was kind of like, Oh, well, I want to write a song that is this style. And I want to write a song that's this style. And I kind of just did whatever I wanted to, whereas I think this kind of been brought together a little bit more and it's kind of more of like a unit, you know? And how, how in translating, um, the the recorded material and and obviously you put the first album together and then you 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 build a band around that uh, are you are you move whenever you've played live uh, and the material is there you know a lot of bands will what they record in the studio and then how it how it organically changes on a live stage is is are you how how do you work in that environment? Is it is it relatively loose, or do you do you do you keep to the arrangements when you're playing live? 
I mean, I, I certainly play stuff slightly differently yeah. to how you recorded it on the first album. Um, there's like sort of little flicks and stuff. And then also, you know, things like we might chuck a little jam section in the middle of a song uh -huh. when we're live. So with like King of Nothing, for example, in the in the little breakdown section, we sometimes go into Foo Fighters, um, little things like that. So and that, that then sort of like happens just kind of organically in rehearsal, it, like... We'll just be practicing or during the, the gig, or, or, or during the gig. Yeah, Sometimes there, there has start been times where it's Andy's like just thrown in, gone off on a tangent. In a, yeah, a <laughs> tangent, and um, yeah, someone will just sort of come up with an idea, or, or like we'll be playing something in E, and so you just start doing another riff for another song that you know will fit, and then everyone else just kind of picks up on that and joins in. But yeah, it's uh, I'd say it's pretty fluid. Yeah, I mean, we you know there are certain parts where we obviously do rehearse it and make sure that it's it's ready for for like live variations, I guess, or like crowd participation bits where we know we're going to drag out stuff or drag out a solo or, or whatever. Um, but a lot of it does kind of happen quite organically live, doesn't it? It kind of happens and then we might carry on doing it afterwards. Yeah. Because yeah. we're more prepared rather than <laughs> it just being like, oh, follow me, guys. Are you going to get left behind? <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there have been a couple of times where Andy's turned around mid-gig go, play this cover just expects you to know it and you're like, okay <laughs> so what, what what would be the what would be the most what would be the uh most bizarrest head bob that you've had to deal with rab in terms of uh um this cover which which one is andy throwing at you and you've gone oh my god <laughs> i don't really know about mid gig but we, we did do backstreet boys as a, a rehearsed cover one time <laughs> Um, which was a bit like really we're, right we're doing backstreet boys okay. we basically <laughs> rehearsed about two-thirds of the song we didn't actually rehearse the whole thing and then at the gig we was just like yeah let's just do it and um, we were a little bit tipsy and it went down like a pile of shit <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've never done it again <laughs> so uh 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 was it uh was you know I, not that i have an extensive extensive knowledge of the backstreet boys but was it was it I Want You Back? Is that the... Which, which Backstreet Boys song did you cover? Oh, the one's like, Everybody! Oh, uh, Rock it, you, it, Yes, it, that it. one. That one, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, what you can do is... When you when you get on to... Uh, when, you, when you get on to the... Radio, you know, the Radio 1 Live, live. Lounge. Live, uh, yeah. You can think... You can, you can, you can pull out a really bizarre... Um, uh, you know, a, a good cover that you want to do, uh, that uh, you want to do. I have to say, um, I, I there's a there's a band who I uh, I've I've gotten into this year. Nothing but thieves. Oh yeah, yeah, and they've just done a cover of the Dua Lipo or Lipa uh, Barbie tune. Dance, oh, yeah. the, dance the night, <laughs> and it's. I might have to check that out because I like that song. Oh, yeah. it, um. It's a fabulous cover. I, I, I hey, it's it's great. It's great. It's well mixed. The production's amazing on it. But nothing yeah. but thieves have brought their uh, alternative uh, feel to feel to it, and it's got lovely I riff guitars. I'm on my phone right now because I don't want to forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So guys, um, the it's interesting you talk about crowd participation, Andy. Now yeah. um, you've um, you've used Kickstarter to help to fund um, the making of the album. So, uh, what what was the your your reasoning around that, and how much uh, how good a response have you had from uh, people supporting the album? 
we initially tried it at the end of last year, but it was it was too close to Christmas. We set the target too high. It was a bit of a nightmare. So we kind of backed out of that one. Yeah. Um, but then this year, as we started kind of getting towards, you know, recording the album and, and whatnot, we we set it back up with a, a slightly more realistic target. Um and yeah, the response was pretty good. Well we we beat the, the target that we wanted. Quite significantly. Um, which was really cool. So it's yeah, I mean it's been a massive help, you know, paying for it helped pay for getting the the album mastered and, and mixed and stuff. So without of which, you know, we obviously would have put it out still, but it may have taken a bit more time. It's definitely yeah. sped the process up, which is nice. So I think the other thing is, you know, you put so much effort into these songs that you want them to sound as good as, as they can. You want them to get into as many people's ears as possible. So you've got to spend the money on, you know, the mixing, the mastering and all the, the PR and promotion and everything as well. So yeah, it is a, an expensive process, but like definitely one we felt was worth doing. So, And, and moving forward um, from a, from a record industry perspective, um, you know, you've, you've self-funded um, the, the, the album. Where would, in terms of getting your music out there going forward, with record companies and record deals, what where would you like to take that in terms of being able to help you, um, you know, spread what Skinny Knowledge are doing? I mean, if someone wants to sign us, our email address is, uh, <laughs> is open. We're, we're taking applications from labels. <laughs> I'd, I'd love a fat advance. Go buy my, my mansion with my guitar-shaped swimming pool. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not in the 80s anymore. So. Um, yeah. No, I think it would, you know, it'd obviously be a, a great help because, you know, you'd like to think that when you're assigned to a label, obviously, they'll help with the funding. They'll help, you know, cover the marketing side of things and, yeah. you know, even landing tours and shows and, and stuff like that so there's obviously a lot that that can be helped um you know we would love to have a label on board but obviously you know we're still very early doors so there's a lot that we can still do on our own i think labels nowadays they want the bands to put in all the hard work mm. and then once they've done that they'll think oh this is something that we can invest in now because we all know we know it already works yeah. um you know there's obviously nowhere near as much money in the industry as there used to be um, so labels can't take risks on new bands and stuff that, that potentially won't, you know, succeed or, or whatever. So, you know, they need to know that whatever they're signing or whoever they're signing is something that's already working and is going to bring them in, you know, money. And that's, that's just the way that is. So, you know, I think we've got a way to go yet, but, you know, I think we're turning heads and creating a bit of interest especially with this new album which is cool and that's you know part of the reason like you said we wanted to raise money because it's not just you know the the recording side of it it is you know the marketing the pr that goes alongside it and you know getting it out to as many people as possible that's that's just as important as the actual recording side of it where can jewel punter like me help you the best i think yeah as you say buy, buy, buy the t-shirts buy the cds you know obviously streaming on spotify you get pennies for so if you buy the physical cd that's you know 10 pound or whatever straight into our bank account which is uh every little helps obviously go to the gigs um buy tickets all that sort of stuff and and uh we we always ask when we interview bands um um and you've you'll be getting into the cycle of uh of bigger shows and touring um do you have any 
when you're when you're on the road and you're in the van, do you have any rules for when you're um whenever you're in the van? So if somebody's driving, they own the Spotify playlist or what 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 are the things that you and and as a singer as well, you know, what are the things you like to just keep keep a handle on um so that it means you can do a good show? <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I was just, I, I was just saying, uh, whenever, um, whenever you're gigging and doing quite a lot of shows, um, yeah. what what are the things that you, as a band, um, you like to just have a little bit of a, a regime that sort of keeps you keeps you fighting fit for whenever you hit the stage, particularly if you're doing one or two shows after the other. A few Jaeger bombs, <laughs> a couple of beers. <laughs> I don't know. We don't really have any. I, mean, I think we don't have any rules, which is probably not great. But in terms of like you're just... saying, like on the, on the van on the road and stuff, me and Max, we've got a playlist that we quite often oh, put really? on. Uh, I, like, I think a couple of us normally travel separately. We don't. Yeah, we've we'll never really week. gone all in one vehicle. Although um, Mike, our, our new drummer, he's just uh, he's got a van. He's just put three more seats in the back of it. So I think we're going to start using that yeah, as a band van, which is which is cool. But yeah. Normally travel up in a couple of vehicles, don't we? Yeah, me and Max, we found a. It was actually the first Cardiff gig we did. Yeah. Um, me and Max found this playlist called Driving Rock Anthems, and it's just everything you want from a driving rock playlist. You got a bit of Toto, you got some Black Sabbath, ACDC. It's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm chuffed to bets we got we've got Total. In the, we've got total in the interview. It's it's, it's oh, yeah. you know you know usually I have to you know I, I I am a little bit of a yacht rock uh, fan. I like my total and my John Mayer and and Doobie Brothers and all that kind of stuff. So if you're if you if you're listening, it you, you can't. I, I'll tell you what, some of the singing in total, um, it's insane. It, yeah. it, I can't sing that. It's <laughs> it's the Bobby the Bobby Kimball stuff uh, is 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 challenging for us for a singer. Yeah. Your opening so, track, the, the opening track on the album is just... It, 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 that's, I, I, that's, that's going to be the next single. So it, is it really? It, it, it just... Um, it, I, when, I, when, I put the, when I put the album... I, I listened to the album Friday, Saturday, and I, and I, would, I thought I'll go back to, to, to yesterday. And uh, I'm hearing... It's just, it's just a balls-out good rocker. But it's got mm. that... It's got that... Uh, Sweet, nineteen seventies gl- glam. Uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's it's got. There's that sweet spot of, um, you know, kind of T Rex, the sweet. It's got that lovely hard rocking bit, but with the lovely layered vocals and harmonies. But yeah, yeah. even even you know, I was hearing Kiss, God Give Rock and Roll to you in terms of. Just the way in which the layering and the vocals and stuff. So it's, it, it's kind of more like the the anthemic side of yeah. writing that we've gone for. It's yeah. like we come, when we're, we're writing the chorus, and it was that kind of you know, and it's got the breakdown, it's got the big yes, yeah, that, like it's a stadium. Go, going back to what thing. you're saying about thinking about the audience, that's a chorus or, or a section I can sing along yeah. with and get involved with, clap my hands. And I think so, that's yeah. why when we came up with the lyric, "I want to rock and roll." It was 
me and Matt were thinking, oh, is it a little bit cliche, like the whole like, oh, I want to rock and roll. It's a bit done. But I think the song was kind of calling for it because it's yeah. got that kind of sound to it. Yeah. So I think it kind of worked and it hasn't come across too like cheesy and cliche, which is quite important. We didn't want it to be like, you know, um, we built this city on rock and roll. I mean, it wanted to come across like that. Uh -huh. But it's kind of got that cheesy aspect, but without kind of st yeah. stepping the line, I think. Exactly. Because you, you say, yeah, exactly. Right. So you, you, yeah. No, no, but but there's a fine line between Starship and, yeah. and, and Kiss doing God Gave Rock and Roll to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't think there's, there's no... Uh, it's not cheesy or smaltzy in any way because it's a good it's a good rocking track and uh, and for you it'll be in it'll be interesting when you're picking your set list and it must be great um, being able to pick from from two albums but you you've got a you've got an interesting conundrum where do you open with that tune? <laughs> well, yeah, well, we started opening with it recently. Have you really? It, yeah, but well, because you kind of got that drum intro, we can drag it out a little bit and yeah. then, like you say, when that riff kind of drops. It's just you're in. Like yeah, that's yeah. it. Like it's, it's high energy. It's fast paced. It's I think such it a bouncy it tune as well. You know, get the crowd jumping it along. Really, yeah, yeah. The crowd's straight away. Yeah. So. It was interesting when so when we shot the video on saturday um basically the video is basically like is us doing a house party so we've got like a bunch of mates and we're all like having a drink having a party and stuff <laughs> and we'd i think some of them had only heard it for the first time on saturday and by like the fourth take people were singing most of the lyrics to the song which goes to show like it is it's a catchy it's number like you can you can pick it up quite quickly videos so. vid videos of parties mm. <laughs> there seems to be a theme like let's just get drunk and film it <laughs> See what happens. Well, at, least, at least at least you know uh, you know hopefully in this video nobody dies because you know the, the, you know the last someone, there is someone just passed out throughout the entire thing oh, okay well uh, you know uh, you know this okay well yeah. we don't think so <laughs> yeah well, yeah from a video perspective uh, that that's the endearing thing about the foos. They never took themselves too serious in in the likes of video. And I like I like that in your videos as well too. The fact that you've got a little bit of a narrative at the start of your videos, a bit of a bit of a bit of fun, and then you just blast straight into it. So it it's nice to see, it's nice to see that you know it's not a stilted click track of a video. You're having you're having fun with it, which is great. Yeah, I think 
the inspiration kind of obviously came from foods with the the music video idea because i think uh have you seen the back and forth documentary yes there's a moment in it where he says that they they treat music videos like candy commercials it's just meaningless nonsense and i think that we have kind of taken that on board as well because you know the music's serious but at the end of the day a video is just a video so if we can do something stupid and people were like oh do you see that video where they're doing this ridiculous thing because chances are they're probably going to remember that more than the song anyway so (laughs) you know yeah i remember that video where they dressed up as wizards and it was really stupid (laughs) what was the song called i can't remember but it's the one where they're dressed up as wizards (laughs) so yes it is it is marketing (laughs) marketing 101 with skinny knowledge (laughs) guys Thank you so much. I've enjoyed the chat. I I, I love the album. I I, uh, I wish you all the best with the release. Um, um Matt will probably have a better chance to see you, um, because he's he's down he's down in Kent and and whatever. I know you've got some uh, some gigs. Hopefully, uh, you'll get up to um, Scotland sometime. There's a great venue called Bannermans. Um, yeah, I'm actually playing in Bannermans in January, but with Dookie. So. Are you? Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, uh, best of luck with the release of your new album. Um, anybody who's listening to the podcast, please go out and buy the album. Um, and uh, it's it's great. You'll really and really really enjoy it. Um, and all I can say is, um, Andy, Rab, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Definitely. Rosebad Pod, we salute you as a Maley Rogers production. Feeling much better. And I said I felt stupid because of the lies you told. But now that I got through it, there's one thing you should know what goes around, comes around.